0: I'll be reading to the end of the chapter.
1: So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side. And Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, the King of the Jews, but rather, this man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit, since it was the day of preparation and And at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth. That you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again another scripture says, They will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Thus far, the reading of God's word. Let's ask his blessing in a time of prayer as we hear God's word preached. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. That your spirit, O Lord, open our hearts to receive your word, to believe your word, and to walk in the comfort of your word and your promise to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. This evening, we're going to consider just a few verses from this crucifixion narrative, and that's verses 28 to 30. We're here in these verses, we have the death of our Passover lamb, the death of our Passover lamb. This past Wednesday evening at sundown, the Jews began the celebration of Pesach, or the Passover feast. It's a week-long celebration where they celebrate... A Seder dinner, and they celebrate this feast of unleavened bread. This week long celebration commemorates God's deliverance of his people from slavery in Egypt, more broadly, but specifically, how God saved the firstborn sons when the Lord passed over Israelite homes when the angel of death saw the blood on the lintel and door frame. Because God commanded commanded the Israelites to sacrifice a lamb and place the blood of the lamb on the door. And so when the angel of death comes, the Lord will pass over and not strike dead the firstborn son. Jews today remember and commemorate this historical fact. However, in their celebration of Passover, they do not eat lamb. They do not eat the lamb that's prescribed by God's word in Exodus chapter 12 for the Jews to follow. Why? Because there is no temple. There's no temple sacrifice. And so they had no lamb to bring to a temple on earth. And so it's forbidden to have lamb during the Passover. The temple we know was destroyed in 70 AD. And in fact, Jesus Christ himself foretold the destruction of the temple. Because congregation of Christ, who is the temple of God?
0: Who is the tabernacle? Jesus He's the one that said,
1: destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. But he's not only the temple, he's also the sacrificial lamb of the Passover. And so for Christians, we do not need to look for an earthly temple to resurrect temple sacrifices of lambs because we believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Passover feast. He is the lamb of God, as John says earlier, The Lamb of God who what?
0: Takes away the sin of the world. He is the Lamb of God. And this
1: good news of Jesus' sacrifice is commemorated by Christians in the preaching of the word, of course, but also in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper where we taste and see that the Lord is good. where Jesus' sacrifice is communicated to our senses that just as surely as we eat and drink of the bread and wine, we surely eat and drink the body and blood of Christ by faith, trusting in His promises, and God, by His grace, confirms
0: that promise to us through a sacrament. A non-bloody sacrament. The Lord's Supper was instituted by Jesus himself
1: at the Last Supper to commemorate the new covenant promise in
0: his blood, the forgiveness of sins and eternal life.
1: Crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the death of our Passover lamb, is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. The Apostle John records the wonderful birth narrative and the profound crucifixion narrative. This is the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he was near the cross of our Lord Jesus. And Jesus being the firstborn of Mary, responsible for the care of his mother, he shows great respect and honor towards Mary when he tells John, Behold, your mother, and tells his mother, Behold, your son. And John takes Jesus' mother into his home, honoring his mother in that way. But even more than that,
0: Jesus is caring for his mother as his own sheep. Jesus shows his love for his own sheep,
1: his mother, and the family of God, of which Mary belongs. We read, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. These were the final moments before the death of the Passover lamb. And then we have that word,
0: then. After this, then Jesus, knowing that all was now
1: finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The final moments of Jesus' life are recorded here. His lungs are filled with
0: fluid. He gasps for for air. Let's not
1: forget that he was flogged. Let's not forget that he was scourged. Two separate occasions. One with a whip and another with a whip with bone fragments and pieces of glass that took
0: chunks of skin and flesh away from his body. He gasped for air in the great pain and agony of
1: body and soul. Indeed, Jesus bore hell. He descended into the depths of hell
0: for us. God's one and only Son lifted up publicly, despising the shame of the cross. Mocked, scorned,
1: hated, despised. Behold your Savior.
0: Behold the man, the king, who was brutally beaten and crucified. John bears
1: witness to the death of our Passover lamb. This is John's emphasis. In his gospel. He's very concerned to make the connection between the Passover feast. And the death of our Passover lamb. Don't miss that. And first of all we see in the death of our Passover lamb. That Jesus accomplished salvation. Because we read that Jesus knowing that all was now
0: finished. And when he had received the sour wine, he says, It is finished. It is accomplished.
1: It's also a word used for payment in business dealings. Jesus knew that all was now finished. But here's the pressing question what was finished? What was accomplished? He knew that he, in his death, accomplished the salvation of his sheep. You see, on many occasions, the religious leaders sought to kill him because he made himself equal with God and spoke the word of God authoritatively. He was countercultural. And it wasn't until all things were finished when Jesus was delivered over to crucifixion. It wasn't until all things were finished when Jesus was delivered over by the Jews to the Romans and Romans to
0: the crucifixion, it wasn't until all things were finished Till when Judas betrayed him. All those things that point to the salvation that Jesus Christ will merit for
1: our salvation. He offered himself as a perfect, voluntary sacrifice, a substitute, having atoned and a cleansed, cleansed for our sins, according to the scriptures. He knew that his atonement, his cleansing
0: by his blood, his substitutionary work, Was finished. Indeed, he is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Are you a sheep? Are you his sheep? Can you say that he died for you? The death of our Passover
1: lamb was a one time offering for sins. And in this sacrifice, in this one-time sacrifice, he initiated the new covenant of peace with God through his blood. That is, by his death. It is finished, congregation. It is finished. It is finished. But surely I must do something.
0: You remember that sin a while ago? Surely he can't forgive me of that one. It is finished. If he
1: calls you by his grace to saving faith, he surely paid for your sins
0: past, present, and future. But surely my, my sin is too great for him.
1: Well, surely you're missing the greatness of his sacrifice and his shed blood. The Passover lamb and his precious blood can make, what, the foulest
0: clean. But do we believe that? Maybe it's the opposite attitude. His
1: blood can cleanse me. His sacrifice accomplished salvation for me. But for that guy over there, man, his sin is too great.
0: There's no way God will forgive that guy. Jesus accomplished salvation for all of his sheep. It is finished. He bore the
1: wrath of God against sin. He paid the penalty of our sins, what we call passive obedience of Christ. And he reconciled us, his children, to our Father in heaven through the cross, through his blood. It is finished because the Passover lamb has been slain. Passover lamb, Passover feast in the Old Testament foreshadowed this moment in history when Jesus Christ secured an eternal redemption and God passes over his children because the blood of Jesus washes away our sin. Jesus accomplished salvation. Secondly, in these verses, Jesus fulfilled the scriptures. It says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scriptures, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. To fulfill the scriptures, and we've heard this numerous times throughout the course of this crucifixion narrative, to fulfill the scriptures, to fulfill the scriptures. Everything accomplished by Jesus fulfilled the scriptures. It's astounding. What's astounding is that God gives his people the
0: eyes of faith to see it and believe it. To fulfill the
1: scriptures, Jesus said, I thirst. Referencing Psalm 69. For my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. And when Jesus said, I thirst, the Roman soldiers gave him sour wine, which is basically vinegar. And the Roman soldiers would drink it. Jesus tasted it, but he would not drink it. How do they give him the wine? How do they give him the wine? They put it on a sponge full of sour wine, of the sour wine, on a hyssop branch. And held it to his mouth. At the first Passover, what do they put on the wall or on the door
0: frame? Blood, how do they put it on it? A hyssop branch. In
1: Exodus chapter 12, take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. John is demonstrating to us, communicating to us, the death of our Passover lamb, that he has fulfilled the scriptures. He knew that he was fulfilling the scriptures and the will of God, because he came not to do his own will, but the will of his Father in heaven. That the Messiah must suffer and die, and on the third day be raised from the dead. His mission was to fulfill all the law and the prophets. He came to seek and to save the lost. All in fulfillment of the scriptures. It really changes the way we read the Old Testament then. It really changes the way that we read the gospel narratives. That everything that Jesus accomplishes for us is in fulfillment
0: to God's word and God's will. He preached everything that his father
1: commanded him. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me, says the Lord Jesus. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing, of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus will be lifted up, accomplishing salvation in fulfillment of the Scriptures, and all who look upon the Son in faith, who believe, will have eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. That is the gospel promise.
0: Don't complicate it. He is the manna from heaven who came down
1: from heaven to give spiritual life to sinners who are lost in sin.
0: And he alone has the words of eternal life.
1: Jesus accomplished salvation. Jesus fulfilled the scriptures. Jesus, lastly, gave up his spirit. You see, when Jesus left
0: earth, when Jesus died, he died on his own terms. Jesus gave up his spirit. And an
1: interesting word here is the word gave up. Because this word has been used throughout chapter 18, 19. It will be used in chapter 21. And it's the word that is used for betray.
0: The word used for delivered up or delivered over. The same word. Verse 30: When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And
1: he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It finishes the penultimate saying of the Lord Jesus Christ, the second to last saying. And now he says, finally, when he gave up his spirit, is recorded in Luke, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus gave up his spirit on
0: his own terms. He has the authority to lay it down, and he has the authority to raise it up. Jesus betrayed or delivered up Jesus. The Jews delivered up Jesus
1: to the Romans and demanded that they put him to death. They crucify him. Pontius Pilate delivered Jesus over to be crucified. And now Jesus, on his own terms, delivered up his own soul into heaven where he took a thief who was next to him with him in paradise. The Romans... And the Jews, Gentiles and Jews, crucified him. But Jesus gave up his spirit.
0: And he did so on his own terms. Because it is finished. It is finished. To you, who is Jesus now? In light of the crucifixion
1: narrative, Who is Jesus to you now? Is he your Passover lamb who bore the wrath of God,
0: Almighty God, for you? Is he the Passover lamb who bore the wrath of God in my stead so that in his death I have life? Will judgment pass you because you're washed in the blood? If we miss the true meaning and significance
1: of the death of the Passover lamb, Jesus becomes only a good, moral person.
0: Or he becomes nothing more than an example of love.
1: And that's what liberalism preaches and teaches. That the cross, forget about salvation, forgiveness of sins. Jesus' cross, his death, merely shows us and exemplifies what love is. How we are to sacrifice our lives for one another. If this is our view
0: of Jesus then we missed the boat, it has passed us. God's purpose in sending his son was so that the son lay down
1: his life to be our substitute to bear God's just judgment for us. He who knew no sin, who knew no sin became sin for us
0: so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How about those blessed words?
1: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Or Paul says, God demonstrates his own love for us, in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. The righteous dying for the unrighteous. Who is Jesus to you now? What does the death of the Passover uh, Passover lamb mean to you
0: now? And so then, what does the cross mean to you now? Let us remember that the cross is a
1: one-time sacrifice. There is no more the need for the
0: shedding of blood. He was lifted up once. And the shedding of blood
1: and animal sacrifice is required no more because he is the final perfect sacrifice, the Passover lamb. And now we have a sacrament from God, the Lord's Supper, a non-bloody celebration of the victory
0: in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. My Savior forever.
1: He sought me and bought me with his redeeming love. He loved me ere I knew him. He loved me
0: ere I knew him. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Let us remember, let us remember that his
1: bitter death means the sweetness of eternal life for us.
0: Because that sour wine was the cup of wrath that he endured. You remember what we read earlier?
1: Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I? Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? His bitter death means the sweetness of eternal life. The sour wine to drink means fresh living water for you and me. His curse means the cure. For our miserable condition. His suffering means our salvation. And the giving of his life means the giving of our lives to him. Giving our whole heart to him. By faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be saved. And I'm going to close with this. Imagine you're a Jew a Hebrew and God commands a passover you're in the time period of Exodus chapter 12 and you're told to sacrifice the lamb and to put the blood on the two doorposts and on the lintel and there's one man perhaps you doubt what's going to happen you're told that if you put it on your doorframe that the angel of death is going to pass over And you have faith, you believe, but there's someone that
0: doubts, but says, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway, because that's what the Lord told me to do, so that I may live, and my firstborn son may live. And so the one who has a firm faith and the one who doubts, both of them put the
1: blood on the doorframe and the angel of death
0: passes over and they know life. They receive God's promise. They are saved. They are delivered.
1: Because even the one who doubts still believes in the
0: promise here. Yes, a small faith, the faith like a mustard seed, but he trusts in the promise. Fast forward, the Passover lamb is slain and sheds his blood. You are a Christian, but you have Maybe some doubts. Doubt no more. Doubt no more. Because Jesus shed his blood once for
1: all for the forgiveness of your sins, Christian. And we embrace that promise by faith. We trust. God's word teaches me this truth and I'm going to embrace it by faith and doubt no more. Doubt no more that all of your sins are forgiven. And as we approach the Lord's table, as we take of the bread and wine, may this sacrament confirm to you God's promise that he has revealed to you in his
0: word and doubt no more. Doubt no more.